CME, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of GRC and Me. I am your guest host today, Matt Kunkel, one of the co-founders and the CEO at LogicGate. And today, I have a special guest with me, John Hoskins, who is the Chief Risk Officer of Fairway Independent Mortgage Company. John, thanks for being on. Great to have you. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Well, John, can you start by just giving us a little bit of background on yourself for our listeners? Sure. Uh, gosh, uh, a little bit. I'll try to make it brief. I have a lot of background. Uh, I oversee the enterprise risk organization here at Fairway Independent Mortgage. This includes operational risk, quality control, internal audit, reporting and analytics, strategic asset management, and risk management. Basically, my team ensures that Fairway monitors and mitigates any risk that may challenge the company. I also work very closely with our other department leaders to help them create policies and procedures uh, designed to mitigate risk. I've been with Fairway now for almost six years. Prior to Fairway, I was with Fannie Mae for 17 years in a variety of roles, including credit risk, multicultural lending, and marketing. And uh, I really started off in this industry when I was 15 years old, working for my dad's mortgage brokerage firm in the northern suburbs of Chicago. So that kind of brings you up to speed on, on my background. You've done it for quite some time. I love it. Yes. You know, I hate to age myself, but uh, yeah, just about 35 years I've been in the industry. Love it. Well, it's great to have you on. We've got a fun topic today, and I think a very timely topic that we're going to talk a little bit about inflation and potential inflation risk and and a potential recession that's on the hand and, and kind of how that's affecting the risk landscape within your world at, at Fairway and the broader mortgage world. So obviously, there's been a ton of talk about inflation. The Fed just rates another 75 basis points yesterday. So what are you currently hearing and seeing as it relates to kind of the mortgage industry and, and the frankly, the impact on the larger economy? Yeah, sure. Um, digging in on the mortgage industry, you know, really what we're seeing is, uh, of course, the rising rates. We're also seeing a rise in value due, due to supply around inventory. Um, I want to highlight a couple periods uh, in time. One's going to be back in December of 2020. Uh, the other is going to be current. Okay. So there's two things that are going on right now with housing. Uh, one is interest rates. If you look back, and uh, the reason I chose December of 2020 is that's when the rates were at their all-time low. And that's when you know the Treasury was buying you know uh, mortgage bonds and really driving uh, the rates low to help stem off all the disruption caused by COVID. COVID, uh, rates at that point in time on a 30-year fix were at about a 2.7%. Okay. If we think about where they were, I'm going to say yesterday morning, because uh, I didn't factor in uh, the interest rate boost from yesterday, but you know, most of that was already built into the market anyway. They were anticipating uh, the 75 basis points increase there, but those rates were at about 5.23% for the same product, the 30-year fix. When you look at that, that's a difference in interest rate of over two and a half percent. And when you look at that in, in terms of an overall percentage, that's a 95% increase between December 2020 to uh, May 2022 in interest rate. That's just incredible. If you watch the news, they talk about, you know, how this has been, the rate of inflation has been at a high that it hasn't been in 40 years. And you hear a lot of noise about that. That's just rate. Okay, so let's take a look at the same time period and let's talk about the median sales price of a home. 
So if you look back to December 2020, the median sales price of a home was $358,000. Where it is now in May is $428,000. So, you know, that's a difference of about $70,000. So there's been like a, almost a 20% increase in the cost of housing now, just because there's little supply there. You know, for whatever reason, the post-COVID release of inventory hasn't happened. People are still sitting on their houses. Um, you know, during COVID, the inventory really wasn't moving because of the fear of COVID, because of the fear of walking through a listing and then getting sick. And, you know, that's eased, but the release of those properties has not. We've seen a lot of people putting money into their existing homes instead of moving up to their move-up home. They're taking the home that they have and fixing that up and making that their new forever home. So, you know, the inflation we're seeing, it's more of a supply chain issue that's driving up the cost of everything, including housing. You know, the issue is it's more of a supply issue. It's not really a demand issue. You know, we don't have an increased demand. There's just really nothing out there. And about the inventory, it's currently disrupted. And what's unusual about that is it's very easily disrupted. Just the, a little change can, you know, keep things at their way they are. The rising gas prices, that certainly doesn't help anything. That's almost another way besides, uh, you know, raising interest rates to control inflation. I totally agree with you. And that makes a ton of sense. I mean, we're seeing something similar in, in SaaS, right? A year ago, SaaS software as a service valuations and software valuations were at the all-time high. You know, the NASDAQ was at the all-time high. Some of the big SaaS players had just bonkers, bonkers valuations on what their earnings were. And over the last 12 months, a dramatic decrease right in the Nasdaq and just privately held SaaS companies came down. And I think a lot of that too, it has to do with the macro economy, right? As because how most private SaaS companies are funded is through private equity and venture capital. Venture capital businesses are funded through LPs or limited partnerships. Those limited partnerships, while some of them are big pension funds and things, but a lot of them are independent investors that are out there, high net worth individuals. And they're using this as another way to diversify their portfolio. Well, if their stock, you know, if their portfolio of stocks are shrinking dramatically, you know, it's gone down about 30% since the start of the year, then they don't feel as wealthy. They're not going to invest in LPs. And then you get a shortage of supply, same thing from a capital perspective to these companies. And then that shrinks down the overall valuations that these companies have. So I think there's definitely, we can all agree that there's definitely inflationary risk within all of the markets out there right now. But what do you think the government is doing to address these inflationary problems? And what impact are you seeing on that within the mortgage industry? Sure. Great question. And, you know, again, I'm going to do a little bit of a history lesson and just talk about where inflation has been, where it's at now, and where it's projected to be. You know, any given year, uh, the government is happy with a 2% rate of inflation. So let's go back to COVID and let's talk about 2020. Inflation there, uh, you know, ended at 1.2% for the year. 2021, the economy's coming back. You know, we have a lot of stimulus that's still out there and there's still plenty of opportunities in terms of employment. The unemployment rates are relatively low. They came back down. You know, if you look at 2020, unemployment was at about 8%. And 2021, it went down to 5.4%. So when you look at inflation, starting off at 2020 at 1.2, jumping to 6.7 in 2021, you know, currently we're at 8.6%. And, you know, where the Fed really wants us, as I mentioned, the sweet spots, too, they are projecting with the interest rate moves that they have planned for the future to end 2022 around 5.2%, 2023 around 25 
and then 2024 back to a normalized market at 2%. And, you know, how do they do that? There's only one way that they, one tool that they have in their toolbox to do that. That's the interest rates. And that's what they're doing. And, um, you know, the 75 basis points increase that we saw yesterday, that's part of it. Again, I already mentioned, and everybody who's watching the news knows this, that, you know, inflation is the fastest it's been in 40 years. If you listen to certain economists, um, you know, for our industry, uh, we'd like to listen to Mark Zandi. He's the uh, chief economist for Moody's Analytics. You know, last couple of weeks ago, he said we're pretty much in a position where there's a 50, 50 percent chance that we're going to be in a recession in the next two years. And, you know, so what does that mean? Well, you know, you don't predict recessions. Recessions is something you kind of do a look back and you look at the economy and, you know, we could be in the middle of one right now. We just know it until we have future data to examine it. You know, we have more rate hikes to come. The Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, has been very uh, public on that. The next one that we're looking at is probably another half a percent. And if you think about what it does just to the normal American, the cost of inflation, the cost of gas, just everything that's happening right now, you know, uh, this year, the average American is paying between $460 to $800 more per month on the basic necessities. And that's, you know, that's touching every family's budget. That's groceries, that's gas. It's a number of things. Yeah. I've got a question for you. And I've asked a couple of, of CROs this, but do you all track, track inflation as a risk to your organization? Like, is it in your registry that you're tracking and you're saying yes or no? Or is it one of those things that it's like, hey, yeah, it's inflation, it's coming up, but that cost we can just pass on to our customers. And that's how we'll get around this. Yeah, you know, typically, um, you're right, it's the latter. It's something more of a pass-through. When you think about interest rates, when the interest rates go up, they go up across the board. There's nothing we can do to control that. I mean, that's the price of the market. You know, those are the prices of the securities uh, getting put out there. So, you know, there's uh, when that happens, the rates automatically get passed down to the consumer. So there's no, we don't plan for it in our risk registry. We know it's just something that's natural. You know, I think it'd be difficult for most companies to kind of plan for that risk. I think it's just something, as you mentioned, you address as it happens and it's cost of goods going up. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we're broadly seeing across a lot of consumer products right now. So one more question for you, John here. What, you know, as we look at just the broad macro economy, what trends are you seeing out there? It's been crazy, right? Some sectors are getting beat up. Others are doing well. You know, obviously the gas companies, uh, they just got picked on yesterday from the executive division and their profits and wanting to give back. But let's start off in, uh, gosh, I hate to say it again, third time, history lesson. So COVID spawned nationwide shutdowns. And there's still shutdowns associated with COVID. Uh, let's look at back in 2020 and the price of meat. Uh, meat started shooting up because COVID was running through meat packaging plants and they had to shut down right? Technology shortages around the world. You know, we all highly rely on China for our technology and computer components and, you know, components for our auto industry. And uh, they're still having shutdowns in China. They had some shutdowns just this week that are affecting technology and the price of goods. Vehicles, you know, if you go to a new car lot right now and you look inside where they're supposed to have all their fancies, you know, brand new cars that just rolled off the truck, they're used cars mm-hmm. in the dealership, in the showroom. And there's sparse cars in the lots. There's really a drive to in terms of pricing because, again, supply and demand. You're able to get more selling your used car. The auto industry is being able to make more. Uh, it used to be forever. And, Matt, you know, we're both from Michigan. We know that auto prices, they always have some sort of concession, right? Some sort of deal. The deals are gone because they can. 
the auto companies, their own finance companies have been able to raise rates before these other rates went up because they can't. There's just no supply. So we've seen a rise and related to COVID uh, around there. Let's talk about some of the emerging issues that we're seeing impacting shopping. And that's really around oil and fuel. If you look at food costs, those are up uh, over 10%. And a lot of that's related to the cost of shipping. You know, diesel gas fuel has doubled over the past couple of years. If you look at some of the micro disruptions that happen in the industry, uh, let's talk about chickens, right? The cost of eggs and chickens has shot up. That's over more than the cost of food. Food is up over 10%. That's almost 12% for chicken and eggs because of bird flu, right? So it's those little things that can impact things. You know, one more big one to think about when you're thinking about fuel, the cost of fish. And let's talk about that with fuel. We have the cost of the fishermen going out on the boats to get the fish. You have the cost of the energy that uses fuel to keep the fish cold. You have the cost of the shipping, whether it be truck or airplane, however it gets to its final destination, fuel, fuel, fuel. So, you know, we have that that's impacting it as well. Um, back to housing, you know, our housing costs are up five and a half percent this year and expected to go higher. And again, that's just because of the supply. Everybody's just still sitting on their inventory. So, you know, fuel costs, that's a big thing. Those are up like 48% just for normal fuel. Diesel, obviously, that's doubled. If you think about some of the things that impacted that, you know, a couple of years ago, we slowed our production of oil in Alaska and we've halted exploration in some of our untapped lands. The war in Ukraine obviously has disrupted Russian oil across all of Europe. And that affects us as well because, you know, that affects the suppliers, the other suppliers. So the cost is going up there. Also, uh, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, they have not ramped up oil production to meet the demand. So, you know, again, it's a gigantic supply issue that we're having that's really driving the inflation that we're seeing. John, you've highlighted just so many amazing examples there of why what you and other chief risk officers, whether in mortgage or other industries, do day in and day out is so hyper, hyper critical to organizations, right? It's about being able to understand all of the existential risks, you know, not just the easy ones that we all know about that are kind of the same. It's all of these existential risks that are only getting more critical and the velocity of them is only growing more, right? 20 years ago, did people have climate change risk on their mind? Probably not. Did they have, you know, there's geopolitical risk. There's all these supply chain risk issues that you have out there. You know, are, were people thinking about gas prices as a risk as it relates to the supply chain of, you know, what they need to do to create in their products for organizations? So to me, what you've just done is highlight really the true importance of what the risk department does in an organization to protect it and understand these factors and how to mitigate against them, but also to give organizations that strategic advantage and say, hey, these things are coming on the horizon. We need to plan. We need to prepare for this potential risk that could happen to our company. So I got one final question for you, John, before I let you go. This is a fun one. So here at LogicGate, we do something called Summer Fridays, where we give our employees Friday afternoons off so they can spend time with their family, friends, four-legged friends, and, and just give them some mental health back in the day. What fun things are you planning on doing this summer? Oh, that's a great question. And I appreciate the fun that you guys have. You know, what, so you know this, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. My family's there. My best friends are there. You know, with COVID, we haven't been going there a lot. We haven't been getting out a lot as most uh, folks have over the past couple of years, but we're getting out there now. And we've been making a lot more trips back home to Ann Arbor. And just this last weekend, or no, two weekends ago, I took my youngest fishing for the first time ever and he caught his first fish. 
So, and he's fallen in love with fishing and so fun watching him. And, you know, I hope next time that we, I take him out that he gets to take the hook out of the, the fish himself. But, you know, that was daddy duty that day. So to answer your question, you know, my fun thing that I'll be doing is getting this fishing hat back on, grabbing Emerson. He's my uh, 11 year old and grabbing the rods. And we're going to be doing a lot of fishing this summer. I love it, John. Hopefully catch a big one on the Huron River. That's great. Well, hey, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you you being on the show with me. And for GRC and me, my name is Matt Kunkel. And remember to risk with confidence. Thanks, Matt.